0: 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K 248 BR in Santa Cruz and always online at kpfa.org Please stay tuned for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone Happy ending Nice and tidy
1: It's a rule I learned
0: in school Get your money Friday, happy
1: endings are the rules, so divide up those in darkness, from the ones who walk in light, light them up boys, there's your picture,
0: the
1: shadow. Uh, this is Jennifer Stone with Stone's throw. Today is the twenty first of november, twenty seventeen. Oh my God, I I had hoped not to mention uh, the the current brouhaha. It's on every radio station, every TV station. Sexual harassment has been discovered. Why? Why? I asked myself. Why now? I mean, it was always thus. Um, one friend said Bill Cosby was the, the, uh, the ultimate disillusionment for some people. Judy, uh, Judy, Judy Woodruff. She's appalled at Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose. Oh, Al Franken, my goodness. Uh, now, I, uh, uh, I'm one of those from an earlier generation. Uh, we were told to man up, you know. Uh, it's news to no one. That's the way it is, you know, um bad boys whether they were naughty boys or dirty old men depended on your point of view but it was just you know uh life back in the 1920s virginia wolf wrote uh we all know the times knows but we pretend we don't uh I found bits and pieces from Charlotte Bronte. So many women. Charlotte Bronte said that it's better just not to think about it. Yes, don't think too much about it. I, I, I can't, I can't help but just, just one minute here. I want to make one distinction. I've been kind of worried at this continuum. Uh, uh, I, I think that. Uh, Sexual assault is so far removed from these um, grab fests that uh, I, I really think that we need to work out the laws, uh, the the uh, distinctions. I was always taught that anything could be said, that it was um, hands-on, that, you know, that's when you had to ring the bell. Let's see, Virginia Woolf, Virginia she would have been my model. She, uh, of course, would never have thought to call the police. Uh, I uh, I did a couple times, but, you know, uh, she, Virginia, of course, had bouts of psychotic madness, and whether or not her abuse led to these things... Uh, She had to be cared for. She was isolated and nursed. She was not just a neurotic or high-strung. She had periods of psychotic withdrawal. She writes, I know that I must go on doing this dance on hot bricks till I die. (laughs) During her childhood, Virginia Woolf was the victim of continued sexual abuse. In a letter to Ethel Smythe, the woman who wrote the the song, Shoulder to Shoulder, right, Ethel Smythe, letter written 12 January 1941, Virginia Woolf writes, I still shiver with shame at the memory of my half-brother Standing me on a ledge, aged about six or so, exploring my private parts. Now, I just read that um, to give you a a uh, I guess a perspective. I'm trying to keep my perspective. I I will spare you my own stories, which are elaborate but and are fairly generic, you know. Uh, as little children. Uh, we knew the kids my age. we knew that it was better to keep our mouths shut. Uh, we didn't want to ruin our reputations. you know how that is, even as an adult, I knew that uh, uh, say, as a public school teacher, I did not want my students to find out anything about uh oh, all the ugly stuff. never mind, never mind uh it is so so strange why it's happening now Uh, I think in my heart of hearts I think it has something to do with D.J. Trump Uh, the fact that he got away with it that a man of his misogynistic tendencies you know is now sitting in the White House I, I think somehow or another that that struck a nerve especially with Uh, with women, it certainly did with me. Uh, How did it happen that uh, he was allowed, permitted, uh, even encouraged to behave like a Yahoo? But never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. The holidays are upon us. Let's, 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 let's talk about the holidays. Uh, mm, Thanksgiving looms. Everywhere I keep hearing folks uh, talking about the ways that they are thankful, listing all the things or the people or the events they are thankful for. I don't know if I'm thankful for all this, uh, uh, this gossip, this, this talk about the fact, the simple fact that men have a tendency to, uh, uh, I wouldn't say assault, but to aggress against women. The difficulty, of course, is trying to figure out the point at which uh, it's what is it? Uh, it's a crime. Uh, I don't know. Never mind. Uh, let's see. Back to my notes on gratitude. Gratitude, yes, gratitude and Thanksgiving. I'm trying to figure it out. What am I? What am I thankful for? I've heard of a religion of gratitude. It's the practice of counting your blessings. Yes, just eat your ice cream while it's on your plate, my mother would say. Uh, Hillary Clinton, I remember she mentioned the practice of gratitude once, and it was during one of the worst periods in the Clinton administration. Once again, I thought that uh, uh, Bill Clinton's uh, impeachment would have been a tremendous consciousness raising the same way Anita Hill's, uh, uh, what do we call it, what do we call it, exposition uh, of Clarence Thomas back in 19 and ninety one, ninety two. 92. I thought that, you know, deja vu all over again. Everybody knew all this stuff, but certainly didn't keep Clarence Thomas off the court. Uh, Anyway... The attacks on the Clintons were uh, enough to make Hillary wonder if politics was still her life's work. Uh, You know, Ms. Clinton, Ms. Rodham, I like to call her H.R.C., yes, uh, she has devoted her life to public service, I wonder, If she thinks it's worth it, Eleanor Roosevelt once said that a first lady needs the hide of a rhinoceros. Anyway, uh, Hillary was being interviewed on television long ago. She said that she had to focus on the things that lifted her spirits. Right, 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 right. Keep your eyes on the prize, the flowers in the White House, she said, every day. New floral arrangements appeared. Yes, focus on the flowers. Uh, (laughs) Once upon a time, back when she was running for office, she and Bill, back in 1992, I remember her standing on a platform in front of a huge crowd, and she said that we have to remember that above all else, politics is fun. I suppose, yes, I suppose, uh, she, what is it, she's, she hasn't changed her mind, let us hope, but, uh, life is supposed to be fun, uh, at times, we're supposed to be grateful for this privilege of existence, (sighs) hmm. I wonder, I really wonder what Hillary is grateful for these days. Hmm, cease, cease complaints. Boring, boring, surely. It is good for us to stick to the good stuff, the bright side. Be grateful for all the, uh, the beauty and truth. Yes. I guess I'm grateful for all the things that everybody's grateful for. Uh, I thought of the uh, obvious gifts that every human heart is given uh, and, you know, what is taken away. But no, 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 no. Late last night, it came to me. My debt of gratitude, my deepest thanks is for theater. I would say also for Literature, dramatic literature, but I'll stick to theater this season. I couldn't survive without the plays and stories and films, all the drama that fills my waking hours. Um, I have heard it said that theater is second-hand emotion, vicarious experience living through the others, the characters, the the stories. And of course, that's true, but can you imagine how difficult it would be to live, to actually live through all the lives, all the drama that is created for us by writers and actors and directors and all those theater folk you know, devote themselves to interpreting the human condition. Uh, No one could survive the onslaught of, say, all the things that befall the characters in Shakespeare or even in Ibsen's plays. The human psyche uh, is frail. It needs a frame, a little distance, uh, the stage or the screen uh, that protects us from the flames of passion, the pain and heartbreak of humanity's tragedies. I remember the stage of my life when I realized how, how um, delightful it was to take on the persona of a character. I remember as an actor how, how delightful it was to pretend to be somebody absolutely awful or extremely, extremely noble. Ah. Uh, it was a chance to rehearse, and I always said, it takes a lot of rehearsal to be yourself. have to try on all the costumes and all the hats and see just exactly what fits. Um, <laughs> yeah, a Gobbler, that, that kind of got to me. Anyway, uh, I liked testimonium best, but she was just, well, I mustn't run on about those things, but I, I think... Yes, I think I remember being taught that uh, theater was a kind of religion, uh, but that uh, it was a left-wing theology. And so that's why the uh, performers say in the Middle Ages, they had to do their plays on the steps of the church. They couldn't come inside the church. Yes, uh, right-wing theology was inside. Yes, the establishment religion outside. There was the uh, the mass of the common man. Uh, anyway, imagination, imagination. I think, yes, war. The only war is the war on the imagination. Too many of us, too many of us are confined. I. I just need some hope, something to help me believe that it's worth it all this struggle that we endure. Late last night, I was watching a black and white movie. I love the movies on Turner Classics. And the film released in 1952 called Cry the Beloved Country. Uh, I'm more familiar with a more recent version. It's from the famous novel about South Africa, Uh, Let's see, the recent color film had Richard Harris and James Earl Jones. Now, the 1952 version seemed to me somehow more poignant, uh, more deeply felt, closer to the bone. Uh, I think too many critics uh, found the, the book and the film sentimental perhaps a little romantic in its treatment of black and white relations in South Africa in recent years we've seen more brutal interpretations in any case both versions of cry the beloved country always reduce me to tears it's the old man the father you know Uh, it's not King Lear but uh. (laughs) oh dear parenting parenting It may be maudlin to think that the white oppressor in the film, the Afrikaner, the, uh, what is it, the master, how a white oppressor can be enlightened and brought into full humanity. You know, he has a consciousness raising uh, lesson and his son is murdered by a frightened young black man and the fathers of both these young men, the murdered and the murderer, uh, they are idealized characters. Even so, I i think that Canada Lee, the father of the young boy, that's the, uh, the role he played in the 1952 film... The boy is to be executed for the murder. Canada Lee's performance is unforgettable. Canada Lee was on the Hollywood blacklist. Curious term, blacklist, refers to HUAC, the uh, House Un-American Activities Committee, uh, which ended not just his career, but the career of so many creative creative people, Dalton, Trumbo, and the rest, uh, all those creative talents snuffed out by the worst element in our establishment, snuffed out by the guardians of our freedom. Uh, Is it happening again, again? Driving down here, I saw a huge encampment right out in front of the Berkeley City Hall. There it is, down there. Uh, there's a huge sign across the uh, uh, the front of the, the uh, uh, encampment. It says, First they came for the homeless. Think about that one. <laughs> anyway back to 1952, a wonderful year, a wonderful year, Sidney Poitier is in the 52 film, and he, uh, what is it, he's uh, sympathetic, the white characters in the film, uh, several are portrayed as enlightened, as men working for socioeconomic progress, the boy's mother obviously uh, is uh, completely understanding. She gets it. Uh, women are simply by nature compassionate, according to this film. Uh, would it were so, would it were so. Anyway, I just like to imagine that the sensibilities in 1952 might have been more acute. At least they are. In that one particular film, the writer, yes. Uh, even those of uh, the critics who found it a weeper, uh, that's what we called them back in the day. Uh, even so, they recognized that the actors, writers, directors gave of themselves in a profound way. If it's a melodrama, then so be it. Um, I began to think human progress is not something we can measure... Uh, in time, that is, you know, <laughs> things getting better and better, more humane. Are we more humane than our ancestors? It is so pretty to think so, 1952 is a year. I've, well, I can scarcely remember it. Uh, I was a freshman at Mills College uh, here in Oakland, College was celebrating its 100th anniversary. I was part of a theater tribute to the muses. Ah, the nine muses, the creative forces that supposedly inspired the folks who created uh, the Mills Seminary. That's what it was. It's a very small women's seminary out in Benicia. They moved to Oakland shortly after. <laughs> That was a century before my arrival on campus, I remember. I played the muse of history, Clio, I think. C-L-I-O, I'm never sure how to pronounce her name. The muse of history I had a terrific costume. The gifts of dramatic literature were my curriculum back then. It is sad to say Mills College has no drama department anymore. Students who go to school to learn how to make a living in the theater uh, are always warned uh, jobs are scarce. It was the same uh, back in the 50s, of course. Uh, Only a few teachers told me that the theater is as much for audiences as for those who uh, create on stage now, the notion of an enlightened or educated audience, that that's what it was all about, that's what the wisest teachers uh, worked for, is that if there is no audience, then there's no way we can, uh, we can create the drama of the moment. Uh, we know that today's audiences are short on critical thinking, although it's getting better, yes. Shakespeare's audiences were sharp. Well, I mean, even when they admired bawdy plays, it's not quite the same thing, you know. They loved language even when it was coarse. (laughs) They were as acute in human psychology as any audience is today. It is the poet who can give us emotional wisdom, he acts out the behavior, and then it helps us to see, to raise our consciousness. The psychological intelligence that creates a moral world. You have to show, not tell. It is not enough to write uh, essays, uh, you know, treatises, uh uh, sermons, right, yes, horrible. If if morality is the desire to lessen suffering, that's George Santayana's definition, desire to lessen suffering here on earth, then Shakespeare is the final word, the judge. Uh, this week I'm watching a television series called Outlander. Uh, it's on cable stars channel it's almost up there with rome lately i i'm just amazed at how good it is all three seasons are available on stars that listed under stars originals third season is well on its way i'm amazed at how rich the performances are so many hours golly let's see 30, 40, so many hours into this story. Uh, they use Shakespeare for one of the references in this tale because the characters are from different centuries and uh, the central character she's from 1945 yes, she can meet and connect over the words of the English poet the words of Shakespeare right? Uh, and she can Talk to 18th century characters and they know each other. Uh, Shakespeare is, of course, my Bible. Outlander is an historical romance, some say a bodice ripper. The creators have done an awesome job of creating Scotland in the 18th century, and Paris, and London in 1943 45, Boston in the 1960s. The historical verisimilitude is especially exciting because the narrative is fantasy. Yes, fantasy. Time travel is is definitely fantasy. Fantastic. A woman leaves London in 1945 where she has just survived World War II. She was a nurse on the front lines. Uh... She touches some standing stones and is transported back in time, two centuries, to 1743. The writers have created a modern woman's eye view of a time and place, a place she only knows from history, (laughs) from museums and pictures and all the art and culture that has come down to us. Uh, I think, yes, sexual harassment was just as popular then, or just as ubiquitous then as it is now. Uh, I just like to see uh, uh, the, what is it, the images, the images of uh, the past. It is forever the land where we can, uh, what is it, contrast and compare, see how far we've come and, uh, how we have made changes. Uh, I think history is the most exciting, the most exciting place to study, to learn from. Here in today's world, in the USA anyway, we don't give the past its due. Uh, In Outlander, the stones do speak. I can watch this story over and over again find ever more texture and meaning in it is not just the ruins the castles and the costumes but in the hearts and minds and prejudices of the past pagan beliefs and superstitious fears and portents come up against much that is humane socially complex deeply felt The clans and the families, loyalty and the music, especially the medicine, the healing arts. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. When the central character says she's a nurse, it is assumed, of course, that she's a wet nurse. She has to explain the difference anyway. The sexism is all completely familiar. None of it seems extreme, even today. We know how hard it is. For some men To listen to, learn from A woman I wish I had time To tell you more about Outlander I think I'll try to do that again next week Because I I think it's the I think it's the best The best of what's on television These days Uh-huh I will do that next week And I will get back into Why Shakespeare Is uh Along with the King James Bible is the source of modern, uh, modern poetry. This has been Jennifer Stone. Till next Tuesday at this same time, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can.
0: Good day, KPFA listeners. The Craneway Crafts Fair, KPFA's 47th annual holiday benefit, is shaping up beautifully. The fair takes place December 16th and 17th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. in the gorgeous, light-filled Craneway Pavilion on the Richmond Waterfront. We are ready to sign up volunteers to assist the exhibitors on Saturday and Sunday, plus setup on Friday. We will sign you up for a three-hour shift. The artisans and KPFA will sincerely appreciate your support. There will be 200 booths of original arts and crafts, festive food, and live entertainment at the Craneway Crafts Fair, December 16th and 17th. This is a fun chance to give back to KPFA. To sign up, please email volunteer at kpfa.org or call Kim at 510-848-6767, extension 244. See you at the fair.